You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hey everyone, you're listening to the Collabcast, episode 193. It is Friday, March the 8th, 2019. It's my birthday. Happy Ooh, birthday is. to Happy birthday. me. You're a Pisces? I am a Pisces. That's a twist. Why? I don't know. I wasn't expecting you to be a Pisces. What did you think I was? Like, and why? Like a Leo, because you have so many podcasts and you love the sound of your own voice. I don't love the sound of my voice. You don't know me very well, Jess. My guest this week is a panel of Asian American pop culture experts from all around the community. Um, yes, it is one of our pop culture roundtable episodes. Um, my guest this week, you've just heard her interrupt me during my intro. That's what I do. Her name is Jess Ju. She is the director of operations and programs at CAPE, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Marvin. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, joining us also is one Mr. Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man and also fellow pod- look, podcast, They Call Us Bruce. Hey, Marvin. Happy birthday, dude. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, rounding out our panel, also returning to the show, Ms. Han Nguyen, Senior Editor at IndieWire. Uh, welcome back to the show. Yay. Happy birthday. I didn't bring any fruit. We'll go for karaoke later. Yeah. <laughs> That solves all problems. Karaoke. <laughs> it does. Get it's great. No, I'm, I'm going to the uh, the new tartine later tonight. Ooh, Ooh. the manufactory. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Very excited. Coddled eggs. If they have the coddled eggs, I would recommend it. <laughs> it's delicious. Um, but yeah, welcome back to the Collabcast. We're here to talk about all the things that we've missed for the last couple of months about pop culture, movies, TV, awards. Um, but first... As always, uh, we start out by asking our panel what sorts of pop culture they've been into lately. And this week, um, we'll start with our guest, Jess Ju. So I adopted a shelter dog in the last month. And so I've been home a lot more than I usually would be. And I have rediscovered the joys of live TV, <laughs> especially live reality television, like watching it as it's coming out. It's so fun. So I've been watching The Voice. That's back. Um, and last night, Jedge, this 22 year old Filipino man, like killed it, got a four chair turn. It was very lovely and wholesome. He's very talented. World of Dance is really fun. And apparently the Marquepel High School, which is my alma mater. Woo, go Aztecs. Um, <laughs> their all male dance team is going to oh, wow. perform there on, on World of Dance, which is bizarre, but very cool. So yeah, just been rewatching all this early aughts reality television coming back into my life fun fact about judge is he actually performed at an la open mic a year ago oh really so he's a i don't think you didn't recruit him for like collab show we didn't have any last year so we 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 didn't we missed our chance you missed that he's gonna like blow up he's gonna yeah, but it's I fun. watch live TV on the delay because, like, I I have I have YouTube television, so I kind of table everything. So I've been watching The Masked Singer. <laughs> oh my like, god, The Masked Singer! All at Singer. once after like yeah. it was over. <laughs> yeah, it's it is 
more entertaining than it has any show has the right to be. It's definitely like the dumbest thing that turned out to be like amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and and okay, can we talk like is it spoiler alert? Like can we I talk mean, at about this point, some people of the would have already known like right? Yeah. Like Gladys Knight <laughs> did not win a singing competition. I am I'm so confused. Uh, well, I was discussing this with my friend, and I think part of it is performance, and mm-hmm. she could not see in that outfit. Yeah. So she couldn't move like, you know, the more spry people, and I think that had a lot to do with the, just the entertainment value. Yeah. She's also 74 years young. Um, I mean, she's amazing. amazing. Are you freaking kidding like, me? That like, that voice yeah. is still amazing. And I just like how everyone's like unsure, and then like Keenan, com- Keenan Thompson comes on the guest show. He's oh, like, yeah. how do that. you guys not know who this is? I love <laughs> how he's like, like you are night. ridiculous. He's like, this is Gladys Knight. Everyone <laughs> yeah. knows that voice. Are you kidding me? Like, like, I mean, it's amazing that the show actually caught on the way it wanted to with like Twitter and Reddit threads and detectives going and trying to figure out because I think people kind of figured out the top three pretty early on. Is very in the series, very early. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the biggest shock actually was like Rumor Willis. Like, I, I agree. Did not agree. know she could sing, and yeah. I, like they were all guessing like Destiny's Child members, yeah. um, like as her identity, and then yeah, I think mm, see. I, I wasn't like a huge NSYNC fan, so I didn't guess Joey Fatone. My, my early guess for him was Joey McIntyre, actually. Really? Yeah. I guess not a lot of people watched that Tiny Desk concert where T-Pain actually sang acoustic. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it on NPR? So, it, was it was on NPR. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot of people were very What do you think the overlap of mass singer, <laughs> live TV, like live reality competition fans and like devout NPR fans? Where do you think Probably like, the Probably more than you is? think. I think mass singer somehow penetrated to right. like some other groups. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I bring it up in, to people and they're like yeah it's like my guilty pleasure i'm like no 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 guilt no guilt, no. <laughs> no guilt. but I, i'm just i'm just wondering like how many people watch the messing how many like suburban moms watch the messing and we're like who's who's, who's yeah, t-pain who, hey, who's he's right. wonderful i'm gonna go buy all his yes, albums yes. <laughs> i love that new audience yeah. that he's yeah. finding yeah. yeah i wonder if that is actually the audience though because because it seems like the people that are really into it are like the the internet people, like yeah. the people who just want to like, like sleuthing. Like, yeah, I already really knew fun. all of the identities yeah. by like second episode. I was like, oh, the internet. Yeah, they have to up it. their game next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the other hand, I really like. I mean, I like how like T Paint's kind of on one spectrum, and like Donnie Osmond is on the other <laughs> spectrum, and I like how they're like the top two. Where other what other place would you get T Paint and Donnie Osmond? Yeah, and last night, I, I was very satisfied with the top three. Yeah. And Moving I, forward, I hope they have because the weakest part of the show was when. People were on and like these singers suck. Like they're not that good in the yeah. first place. You yeah. really want that element of like, who is that? They're amazing. amazing. And then they're like, oh my god, it's so and so. And Pulitzer yeah. Prize winning, blah blah blah. Yeah. 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 Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> author Viet Nguyen is going yeah, to Yeah, no, because yeah. that's the be thing. Cool. Like the people winning are like, yeah, duh, because they're like recording artists mm-hmm. that are good at singing. Is mm-hmm. what they do. Uh, but you also run the risk of like having all just like mediocre like, karaoke singers. Mm-hmm. So I guess like I feel, it's, uh, yeah. I feel second season they are already getting a lot More of people. Interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. once people found out that season one did well, they're like, I think they could be picky now. Because yeah. I feel like that's, really how, that's how the Korean show is, right? Like they start like going digging deep into like their... Well, the Korean show has higher turnover for the singers because it's like they're eliminated every single, like several, um, every episode and then mm. they just turn over. So it's like they go through... They, But, you know, Korea has a lot of singers, a lot of entertainers. <laughs> Shout out to Margaret Cho, by the way. We didn't mention her. Yeah. 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 She was Poodle. She was Poodle. Yeah. It was great. Gone who, too soon. Who who would you want on season two? Like, who would like, I hope this celebrity is on season two. 
assuming they're a good like like they do fine they're a great singer someone crazy like taika waititi would be amazing oh, <laughs> someone I, that I, I that's for me that's just purely for me uh for me it would be constance Wu. Oh. Who is a? She's right. a singer. You know, what I mean, she's yeah, great she does singer. sing. I want like some kind of like secretary general of the United Nations or something like that. Bader Ginsburg. <gasps> oh my god! Yes, I don't know. I mean, she I, I, has... I don't want to know. I just want to be surprised. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Phil, what are you into? Uh, I don't want to say I'm into it, but it is kind of haunting me. Uh, last two days, um, it's this Michael Jackson documentary, oh. Leaving Neverland. Um. It it's like this four hour documentary aired over two nights on HBO. It premiered at Sundance, and then it's basically told from perspective of these two now men who um who are very close with Michael Jackson in 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 the eighties and nineties, and um they say that they say that Michael Jackson basically molested them. I mean, you know, um, over the course of several years. And it's kind of everything that, um, you know, he was accused and put on trial like, you know, several years ago and that was very publicized, but he was acquitted. Um, and even, and, and, you know, they were actually at his trial and also defended him, you know, at the time, but they've since gone back and said like, you know, they've gone through some therapy and stuff like that. And they were like, they kind of had to speak out. And so they go into very graphic detail about the abuse. And it's like, I watched it the first night because I was like, well, everybody's talking about this. I want to, I, I should see for myself, you know. And then I, halfway through it, I was like, I kind of regret watching this because it's so disturbing. Um, and then like, I don't, wasn't sure if I was going to watch the second night, but I was like, I have to kind of see this through. I, I have to like, <laughs> you have, like, I, I think a part of it, of a lot of people's wrestling with this information is the fact that like Michael Jackson's work, his music, his memory is so beloved, right? And, and so to wrestle with that, um, if, if you believe these guys, and I do actually, like, um, it, you have to sort of, there's a reckoning that has to happen in terms of, um, what you feel about now, what his music and his work means to you. Or 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 maybe some people will be like, okay, well, I can separate that, but I don't know if I can, you know? It's the same argument that we've been having a long time with people like Roman Polanski or Woody Allen. And I think Michael Jackson, his music has been so part of the pop culture. It's hard. Like people, I, There's been a lot of discourse online of people coming out from all directions, like feeling defensive, feeling betrayed, feeling sad, angry. And, you know, we're, right now we're still in the middle of, like, working through it. You know, you put this, you put the Michael Jackson documentary in comparison with, like, the R. Kelly one that Netflix put out. But there's something about Michael Jackson where it's, like, I think people are a lot more affected by this one. I right? think so. And I think a lot, it actually plays into the to the facts of why he was able to get away with what he did, if you believe this. Like, it, because he is so... There's no other star like this. There never will be, will be a star like Michael Jackson of that caliber and stratosphere. And so that is part of the way he was able to get away with what he did. You know, I, I actually think it's more similar to like a Bill Cosby who was so monumental and pioneering as a black artist or actor and kind of broke down so many barriers. And how do you reconcile that kind of heroic effort and ta- an undeniable talent? And, um, you know, it's enjoyable. Like, we all love Michael Jackson's music. For decades, we've been enjoying his music. And how do you reconcile that with what we know now? And I also think there's this, there's also to me an, a whole thing about like 
the fact that he has passed away. Um, so he's no longer alive to stand kind of trial, metaphoric, so socially stand trial for yeah. what he's done. Um, so I understand like not wanting to support someone like, I know there are people who are like, I'm not going to support R. Kelly Roman Polanski because my supporting him has like a direct financial monetary support. And I don't know how that plays when someone has passed away. And then if we're going to pass judgment and not be able to separate the artist and his art, which I think is totally valid, how far do we go with that? So do we no longer celebrate? I mean, there are, let's be real, most of the artists that we've have formed our Western culture are what we would call trash people now, (laughs) right? Like Pablo Picasso was a trash man. Like I'm sure many of the composers, like I'm I'm, like Wagner was like what we would call a neo-Nazi now, you know, (laughs) like dude, well, who, like how far does that go? I'm just, that's something I've been thinking about. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with just, I mean, especially when they're dead, just being aware that there are other people who um, they benefited from, mm-hmm. like, keeping down. Yeah. And so maybe you don't have to hate their work anymore, like, especially when they're so far removed. But I do think, like, I'm so glad that you finished watching it because I think a lot has to do with honoring the fact that these people came forward. Oh, that, that's so, why, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, like, I think that's so super important. And, like, that's why I kind of feel guilty for not having watched it. Um, because I, I do feel like I need to, you know, as hard as it is in a lot of these cases, including the Me Too stuff, I'm like, you kind of should listen to these people and see what they have to say because, you know, it's not easy for what they're doing. And if you don't listen, you're kind of perpetuating this, you know, silence that has been allowing people to get away with this. So, yeah, I mean, I, it is, a, though, I do think a, a personal preference as far as where that line is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with cutting out a lot. Uh, but we've all grew, grown up with problematic faves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like John Lennon, you would, we would I probably mean, mine consider. Mine was Roald Dahl prob- growing up. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's a racist. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, I was at a Shabu place this past weekend <laughs> and they were playing, um, Remix to Ignition. <laughs> During, oh, I was like, geez. oh, I guess they haven't updated their playlist. Yeah. Spotify list. <laughs> I mean, like, this week is Dr. Seuss week it, mm, at, at yes, like schools yeah. across the country. And, yeah. you know, my kids' daycare is, is observing Dr. Seuss week. And we, we had, we were those parents. We wrote a, a, a an email to the director. I mean, like, I hope you, like, we just, we were just like, I just want to bring up the fact that. Super. He, he has he has like some problematic things in his yeah. past, like a, ra- a real racist stuff, you know, um, that sort of like was involved in shaping people's opinions of Japanese Americans during World War Two, you know, and all that. And so I, you know, like Dr. Seuss is a beloved, beloved mm-hmm. like children's book author, and um, so much that they would dedicate a week to him. But I was just like, I, you know, that's I, again, like you said, it's very it's personal, and to me, I, like I've drawn the line there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Michael Jackson is a super special case in terms of mm-hmm. like he is my my the soundtrack of my life is is yeah. is you yeah. know is like Thriller was embedded. my first album I owned, yeah. you know, like final. We so. played his songs at my wedding. Like it's yeah. just you know I have you know I have memories of me, like early memories of me like dancing with my kid right now like you know <laughs> cute the cutest videos of me <laughs> and my kid and now I'm like I can't hear can it. Can you recut it? Can you yeah. recut it to like <laughs> yeah. put in yeah. some remaster? We're, we're audio people here. We, yeah. we can probably figure yeah. something out. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's hard, uh, you know. Yeah. Hard. I mean, we've seen that on TV too, where like I remember uh, with the R. Kelly thing coming out, and I had watched a a uh, a pilot of a show that hadn't been aired yet, and I was watching, and I was like, 
I, I believe I can fly came on. I'm like, well, I wonder if they're going to change that. And they did. They changed the song. Mm. So like, I'm sure there are things that have used Michael Jackson in the soundtracks and now they're some, well, having to figure out if they, that line is crossed for them. Most so. definitely. Like TV shows. Yes. I mean, I believe I can fly was the graduation song of like 2000. <laughs> oh, right. Right? Yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I think at the end of the documentary last night, I, and then there was like an Oprah talk back at the end mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I kind of made the decision to myself. I'm like, I think I need to close the book on Michael Jackson. Like personally, <laughs> yeah. I think I had to yeah. close the book. Yeah. It's, and, but that's not to say it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Han, yes. what are you into? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to put it down. No, <laughs> I'll try to bring it back up. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can sneak in two things, but one is I just started reading The Kiss Quotient. Oh, um, yeah. By yes. Helen okay. Wong. And oh. just because I found out like she got that three book deal and or whatever five book, I can't remember which. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I not reading her yet? And the fact that she is, uh, has Asperger's, I think it's, I, all of those stories, anyone on the spectrum is always fascinating to me. I think anyone who uh, interprets the world differently uh, neuro- neurologically mm-hmm. um, is fascinating to me. I think that's always been important to me is to figure out how people take things in. I always think I'm something somewhere. Uh, I don't know about spectrum, but something. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's fascinating. And for her to be a writer... I think is fascinating because she really has to tap into emotions and be able to like communicate and just, uh, so yeah, so far so good. It's, uh, early going with the book so far. So. Yeah. Um, but the other person I, I want to sneak in is Greta Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, she's, yes. have we talked Russian doll yet? I, I'm behind no. on the podcast, but anyway, so great. Um, we are also behind on all the pop culture, which is why we're having this episode okay. to catch so, everyone catch up. up. So Greta Lee, uh, I mean, bef- besides the fact that we will get into this later about, pilots um but she is currently um a supporting cast member on russian doll she also had a a very quick cameo uh performance in the episode one episode of the other two um so both of those shows let's see the other two is on comedy central it's right after broad city freaking hilarious uh it's about these three siblings the teenage um one became an overnight sensation for a really bad song and um his his older siblings are kind of struggling <laughs> you know they're oh. in their 20s or thir- almost 30 and they're struggling with their own careers but he's an overnight viral sensation and so <laughs> they kind of get swept up in that and it's really spot on when it comes to pop culture uh the language they use the types of jokes they have and yet it's actually still kind of sweet so she has an episode where she's a, a backup dancer in his one of his videos okay and then she um on russian doll uh, on Netflix, that's the one from Natasha Leone and Leslie Headland. And, um, it's kind of Groundhog Day-ish where huh. Natasha Leone, you know, uh, is in the bathroom at her birthday party, goes out and then she dies somehow and then comes back in the bathroom. And so she has to figure out why she's doing that. But it's so weird and smart and funny. And, uh, Greta plays her, one of her best friends. Um, but I, I highly recommend both of them also because it's not, it's kind of rare, but they're very smart, but they're also only like half hour episodes. And so that's yes. kind of great when you're binging something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard a lot about Russian Doll. I yes, have not watch watched it, watch it, it watch yet, it. but I've heard, yeah. I have heard that it is, is one of those shows that does the Groundhog Day thing, but does it really well. It, it, yeah. And yeah. because here's the thing, I hate Groundhog Day, uh, <laughs> the trope, that, that trope, it, because it, you have to do it well or else you get really fed up. 
fast with like the repetition that they have to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw an episode of Star Trek Discovery first season that did it really well. I love that episode. That was fantastic with a really crazy long name title. <laughs> um, and then, you know, uh, I think, uh, was it Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of yeah. Tomorrow. Really well. Which, it, it, that irritated me a bit, and then it got <laughs> to the okay part. I can't but, rewatch that one. No, I can't. Yeah. No, that's not a rewatch. Yeah. Oh, I've so, watched it several yeah. times. Oh, really? That's one of, the, the, one of the movies that has, like, it's one of those things that bothered me in the back of my head, because I know for a fact that it was whitewashed. Uh-huh. Like, Tom Cruise's yes. character in the original yeah. novel was and a Japanese man. It. But that movie's so cool, <laughs> and Emily Bond is so cool in it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, those those two uh, Russian doll definitely I highly yeah. recommend. I think it's very smart and uh, it's kind of heartfelt. So awesome! Yeah. All right, what's on my mind is um, so I'm not a big Austin fan, or I just haven't Austin, been exposed Texas? to a lot like Jane Austen. Right? Oh, oh, Jane! Austen. I was like, what's wrong? Oh! I was like, Austin is my favorite city in Texas, man. <laughs> I love Austin, the city. I uh, I like Jane Austen, but I I want to hear your thoughts. Um. <laughs> But I guess Refinery Twenty Nine just put out a short film that got picked up as a uh, to be a full, to be a full, full feature, feature film called uh, Mr. Malcolm's List, which stars uh, Gemma Chan. Oh my God! It's um, Frida, Frida Pinto, Pinto and Oliver. I'm looking up his name right <laughs> but now. It's basically, like a Jane Austen type story set in Regency England, mm-hmm. but starring people of color. And it was like the most delightful thing I've ever seen in it my life. It was great. <laughs> wait, wait. So it's not. Is it set in? It's set in Regency that, England. It's set in uh-huh. eighteen eighteen England. Okay, it, there is where like the Mister Darcy character is a black man. Yes. So is it just like this story playing out, but like where you would we have always traditionally seen just white people across yeah. the board? It's now these people of color. Like yes, yeah. it's amazing. So these the director it was directed by Emma Holly Jones, based on the script and a no- based off a novel by Suzanne Allen. So the main character is a um, very wealthy. Bachelor, uh, played, mis- called Mr. Malcolm, played by Sope Derisu. Mm-hmm. And then Gemma Chan is basically the scheming, um, woman who's basically trying to get him to marry her. And she has some kind of grand plan that involves her friend from the country who is Frida Pinto. But it's great because it opens up with a voiceover as these two men walking on, just walking down the street in re- full Regency wear, top hat, velvet coats, uh, waistcoats. And one's a white man and one's a black man. And then everyone, you just kind of assume that they're talking about the white man because they're talking about this eligible bachelor who was left this great fortune. They even, <laughs> they even say fortune correctly, you know, in a big house in Kent. And then you realize that Mr. Malcolm is actually the other one, you yeah. know, the, uh, the, the other quote unquote. <laughs> um, and it's great. It's done without any commentary about their race. And it's a romantic comedy, which is also very unique for an Austin. Regency period drama. Most of the time, we get kind of like tragic, dramatic love stories. Yeah, it's great. I'm very but excited. It feels like the role that Gemma Chan was like born to play. Whoever did the makeup for that is also <laughs> should also just get. I don't know what you get for short makeup awards, but the contouring on Gemma Chan's face is phenomenal in this short. Yeah. But I guess the story is the the screenplay's actually been on the blacklist for years. Mm-hmm. Oh. And for those of you who don't know, the Blacklist is this great, uh, organization that start by, started by Franklin Leonard. And it was just basically a list of the most great scripts that are quote unquote unmakeable. Whether it's like the idea is too crazy, like it's out there, like you have really random 
like I think Arrivals, the space movie with Amy mm-hmm. Adams and <laughs> yeah, you know, aliens. Writing. <laughs> that one that was on the blacklist. So actually it's become now it's become this thing where many people will go to the blacklist to produce those movies. One of the Oscar films was also on the blacklist. There's right? a lot of Oscar films that are <laughs> from the blacklist. It, yeah, it's like challenge accepted. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go only to the blacklist. Yeah. So <laughs> really literally started from this curated list to this whole big organization and I think now they're moving to fun films. Um just it's really great what they've been able to do in a very short amount of time so yeah so this will be probably the second regency piece that i'll look forward to watching other than pride and prejudice and zombies which is a lot the only other one i've seen i also watched that one it was more enjoyable than i thought it would be we're watching this have one. you all you guys haven't heard of it yet or uh no no i watched that one <laughs> pride and prejudice and zombies i have not caught this so that this is yeah. just custom made for me yeah <laughs> yeah because i actually have read tons of regency novels not just jane austen's mm-hmm. um as the genre so i'm very familiar with all the tropes and the the mannerisms and stuff like that and um what i think is fascinating about this is i'm currently working on a story about how uh uh tv is trying to start on whitewashing historical stories. Um, bec- uh, this is clearly a different sort of thing, but like um, not just telling stories that are unknown, but also representing the fact that there are people who weren't always slaves in whatever England and stuff like that. Like they had other roles. So yeah. um, I've been working on that story forever and it, <laughs> hopefully it's, it'll come out this week or something. <laughs> but yeah. If you love Regency stuff, have you ever read the book uh, Sorcerer to the Crown? No, no, no. It's by an author named Zen Cho. It's a historical fantasy alternate timeline type of thing where magic exists in the world. Um, it takes place in Regency England. And basically there's this secret society of sorcerers that are like the, um, landed gentry of the, of this world. And the story starts when the new head sorcerer is given to, the title is given to a black man. And it is amazing. I am down. It's literally like to my list. the Adventures of Sorcerer Obama. This also seems like so up your alley. Like, <laughs> Adventures of Sorcerer Obama. Yes, this is, this is so for me. Yeah, all of it. Okay. Yes. Awesome. But I can't wait. I'm yeah. also a really big fan of just, you know, romantic period dramas. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh my God, like tw- little like preteen Asian girl growing up in like Monterey Park, just devouring all the versions <laughs> of Pride and Prejudice she could, right? Mm-hmm. Which... It's also really funny because to me, I see a direct line between Pride and Prejudice and like dramas like Meteor Garden. Meteor Garden is just Pride yeah, yeah, and Prejudice yeah. in oh, totally. Taiwanese college. Mm. Any version of Pride and Prejudice I will watch as bad as it is. I saw a Hallmark one with dogs. I mean, they weren't the, were the leads. Wait, 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 wait. They weren't the leads. They sh- alas, alas. They should have been. No, it was a dog uh, show circuit. I and would watch that. I yeah, love so I watch it and there's a yeah. sequel and I'm going to watch that. But yeah. um, apparently there's a Pride and Prejudice in, in Atlanta coming to, oh, I think it's BT. I could be wrong about that. Um, uh, I just recently saw something about it at a uh, press tour when I went to the Television Critics Association press tour. See, this, so, is, yeah. this is the amazing thing about things coming into like public domain is mm-hmm. we get all these great like adaptations, adaptations where you don't have to you, you can just take this thing and put it wherever you want. Let's see these stories. Pride with and prejudice faces. in space. Oh. oh, I'm going to write it. Okay, <laughs> don't take this. Don't steal it. No but, one, no one has heard this. But someone should make a Pride and Prejudice with dogs, not not involving with dogs, dogs yeah, yeah, but no, no. The, like dogs. Oh, as how snooty is the Darcy going to be? What kind of dog is that? 
Oh, he, oh, he'd be something like noble and beautiful, like uh, <laughs> Airedale or something. Oh, I, I was gonna say German Shepherd, but that's Ooh. like too maybe too aggressive. Like yeah. he should be a little more like genteel. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we could talk Greyhound. about Greyhound. Okay, we'll talk. We'll actually we'll, we'll write it. Okay, Pride and Prejudice, but dogs. Yes. Have you seen this yet? <sighs> I have not, mm. and I, I'm gonna be honest. I've never, I've never read Pride and Prejudice. I'm only. <laughs> Like nominally familiar with the story itself, actually. So, um, it's, I just, it's a blind spot for me, for sure. Yeah. Austin's hilarious. There seems to be a gender divide. (laughs) Uh, I'll say that the Ang Lee Sense and Sensibility is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies, period. It's fantastic. It's it's very, very good. Well, I think the reason why I think that's one of the best ones is because he really taps into like the, the humor, but also, uh, pathos, I guess that she has. But I just, I think she's a hilarious author. She's funny. Yeah. 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 She knows how. Very satirical. Yeah. Like very like wink, wink women, like wink, (laughs) wink. But anyway. (laughs) Great. Well, I am looking forward to this one and. Excited that's going to become an actual movie. So, looking forward to that. Um, Glad we were to bring it to your world, Han. (laughs) So excited. Um, We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to catch up on all the other pop culture news that uh, on the Collabcast. So, stick around. Hey, everyone. It's Marvin here. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is a part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. And for those of you in the LA area, um, Collaboration is proud to present our 2019 Empower Creative Leadership Conference. The Empower Conference features panel discussions, interactive workshops, mentoring sessions, and networking opportunities led by Asian American creative leaders. Attendees will gain hands-on practical knowledge and inspiration from prominent creative professionals, including TV writers, studio executives, film directors, actors, journalists, podcasters, and more. Learn more about the conference and our lineup of exciting featured speakers by going to the website empower.collaboration.org. And just for our Collabcast listeners, if you enter the promo code Collabcast when registering, you'll enjoy a 25% off discount. The team here at Collaboration has been hard at work making this the best Empowered conference yet. So we hope to see you there. Again, you can learn more and register at empower.collaboration.org. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. Learn more about the Potluck Collective and our lineup of amazing shows by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And before we get to the second half of this episode, um, a couple announcements. First of all, a quick content warning. During our discussion of upcoming TV series, we do talk about Delhi Crime Story, an upcoming Netflix drama series based on the true story of the Delhi bus rape case uh, from a couple years ago. So we do touch on some details on that case. Nothing too serious, but it does come up. And second of all, uh, we forgot to mention a really exciting um, development for upcoming films, uh, which is the film Driveways by our friend director Andrew On, starring Hong Chao, which debuted at the Berlin Film Festival last month and will be making its U.S. premiere at Tribeca later this year. Congratulations to Andrew On for making another great movie, and we're very excited to see it when it does uh, premiere theatrically. And on that note, thanks again so much for listening. Um, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. I am here with Jess Ju, Phil Yu, and Han Nguyen. And we're going to talk 
about pop culture. I've collected a couple topics that we can just quickly go through, share our thoughts with. Uh, first of all, being since it's March, we are coming off the end of actually a pretty eventful award season. Better than usual. <laughs> Sandra O oh won a bunch of awards for Killing Eve, including the Emmy, the Golden Globe, and the SAG Award, among others. Well deserved. <laughs> Did um, she win an Emmy? I don't she think did she, she did not win an Emmy. Win she Emmy. she no. missed the Emmy that yeah. was last year. Um, Never mind. Unfortunately, I did bad research. Um, last time Han was on the show, we talked about Killing Eve, right? Oh, we talked extensively about <laughs> Killing Eve. Um, everyone here has show. seen it, right? We all agree it's really good. It's, it's incredible. Bomb. Season two is coming yeah. back. Yeah, apparently it starts right after the last scene of season one. Yes. So it should be interesting. Everyone go watch it. I've already seen a little bit. Oh. It's good. It's oh, good. I can't say really more, but it's good. It's good. Good. Good, good. <laughs> um, on the Oscars front, um, Chai Basharelli and Jimmy Chen won the Oscar for Best Documentary for their for Free Solo. <sighs> That's so great. Um, which I saw Tiff and... Uh, you guys have all seen it, right? I have, yeah, not, I have not seen it. You oh, actually no. talked to them, Phil, too. Yeah. You yeah. need to go see it in IMAX. It's intense. The I'm, biggest screen possible. Is it, biggest is it on IMAX? Is it out? It, it, they might do a few. They've done they like, should, they were doing right? like now, dot, free dot, like. Now that they've won the Oscar, I feel like there'd be resurgence mm-hmm. of interest, yeah. right? At least yeah. like some. I don't know, it's I like the, it. they're adding, you know, more for Star is Born. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because the guy, um, what's his name? Um, Alex, Alex Honnold yeah. um, actually came on stage with them to accept the award. I'm like, oh, now everyone knows he lived. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that was the one thing while watching it. I was just like, okay, it's not a snuff film. It's not a snuff film. I know what's happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a very, um, very intense film and very well shot. And I, I can see why they won. Uh, I think I was personally pulling for being new and minding the gap. Um, Considering but, all the press that it was getting, I yeah. thought for sure like that was sort of the momentum was going towards that movie. But. I, I think people though just they react strongly to uh, emotionally to watching. Yeah, um, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Uh, it's also solo. like, are we rewarding? I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, it's it's kind of like two very different sides of the yeah. spectrum. So, yeah. so Jimmy, who is also a mountaineer rock climber, he basically he's he calls himself a rock climber, like a like mm-hmm. a climber first, filmmaker second. So they basically had to like the the operation logistical thing of mm-hmm. setting up that movie mm-hmm. was because they couldn't use drones that like no, that, they, that wasn't illegal. allowed. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's they they were like we don't want to get in his way and affect him to the point where he would make mm-hmm. a mistake and we would kill him. So yeah. I think I think that yeah. that's kind of interesting. The scale of that is kind of amazing. And then Bings is like also amazing the way that he has like ten plus years of home video footage and he was able to craft the story. The story he a, pulls from from that. his yeah. from just his life and his friends. Yeah. I like if you told me it's like here's ten years of footage from your friends, make me this like make me a movie, make me a documentary with a theme and a story and a message and a question i'd be like um <laughs> that movie I, is also the description of it is kind of a hard sell right the skateboarding yeah. movie about a bunch of friends so in a small town like skateboarding you know and you're like is that supposed to be good like yeah you know but it's actually about domestic violence right and right toxic masculinity and the uh, the um recession and it's definitely a movie that sticks with you like free solo was a great spectacle and a great mm-hmm. story um and I feel like um, it's it's a great like um, documentary of the triumph of like human like mm-hmm. ability and skill, and but Mining Gap is like a much more like it's a it's a movie that 
makes you see things differently. I feel like right. it really part of it was just luck. They were very lucky. Not saying they're not skilled, but like Chai and Jimmy were very lucky that Alex mm-hmm. number one survived. <laughs> it would have been a very I don't know how this film would have wrapped up. I know they they said they had a plan should he have died in his effort. Which but, is crazy. Which is right? crazy. <laughs> right. But like that's that's one thing. Like that he survived and it becomes this kind of neat wrap up that he started dating his girlfriend Sarah mm-hmm. at the exact or met her at the exact moment he did. So you have this like emotional storyline that so it's just not about him trying to climb this rock face. Yeah. Um so they were just very lucky in the timing of everything. Yeah. And I I think sometimes when something's positive, it ends up being like happy. It's just yeah. kind of like I, I keep thinking of like the Shakespeare in love thing. It's yeah. like it, people just ride a high on it. Yeah. And that that carries over when they vote, despite how wonderful something else yeah. is done you know that, yeah. I, i've always had a love hate when it comes to award shows because of that like i the, uh, the oscars have gotten it wrong so many times <laughs> oh. i mean like horribly wrong like this time actually yeah yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> it, was, it was going wrong. so well yeah <laughs> and then but so I, so half of me is like oh they don't mean anything but you know you know that they kind of do because that's why you're rooting for certain people to win because it will make a difference in how people see things yeah. and like their lives so yeah, I I still love hate. Yeah, um, Domishi won for best animated short yes. for Bao. Yes, which <laughs> so cute. I'm I'm really glad that uh, I mean I'm sure the Disney bump helped, like the Disney PR machine helped, but I'm I'm glad that the Academy, um, at least on paper, got the movie. There were it actually was... <laughs> three. There were actually three di- Asian directors nominated for animated short which was really cool so three of the five films i believe were um created by asian artists so but i did like bow a lot Mm. bow is so amazing in that it's so culturally specific (laughs) and it's very unflinching in that respect and they're like i don't care what people like like i don't care if you get this or not we're just gonna in in, you know i don't think it's that hard to get but like that (laughs) That sort of straight-ahead vision is so admirable, you know? I was surprised when it came out that there was even some kind of, like, not backlash per se, but, like, people were like, what happened? I don't get it. I was like, what do you not get? Like, it was very clear storytelling. Like, yeah, she, I think you're she just... She ate her food, baby. You're just, yeah. you're, like, you're just choosing to be, like... Like, you're just choosing to not understand that point. There's, yeah. there's nothing that you couldn't understand from the story had you just watched it like they i feel like you had to make a conscious effort effort to be like i don't understand what that was about like she ate her food baby it was a dream come on (laughs) like it's a metaphor for her son come on metaphors we all learned that (laughs) so was last year then like year of the dumpling when you think about yeah. it, no, yeah. I, I think I tweeted that. I, mean, I, I said, I said, dumplings had a pretty good year <laughs> yeah. on a on pop culture level. Yeah, yeah, we had dumplings, figurative dumplings. Yeah, and crazy rich Asians. Yeah. They had the scenes yeah. where they made dumplings. Yeah, yeah. I ate some dumplings today. I, I, this oh morning. my gosh, oh. I need some now. Yeah. This always happens on every podcast I go on. Someone always mentions dumpling, dumpling. and then it's just like this thing. Wow. This, what, what's the what's the statistical likelihood that a group of like five, four or five Asians sitting at a table, one will have eaten dumplings that day? Uh, on, Fairly high. Or, on, bring, on our, or bring up noodles or yeah. something. Mm. On our podcast, our Crazy Rich Asians uh, episode, somebody brought dumplings. Oh, and we that's have so this. smart. <laughs> Shout out to Jen Yamato. <laughs> oh, Jen's smart. Do you yeah. know how to make dumplings, Phil? Like, can you make no. your own? No. In, in, in theory and concept, I understand... 
yeah. what is happening, but I don't stick to it. the actual craft of it. I've no. tried to learn it with my mother, and it just she just sent me away. She's like, "These are terrible. <laughs> They're gonna break apart yeah. and ruin the get other out. ones." Get <laughs> yeah, out. you know who's terrible at teaching their kids how to cook? Asian, Asian moms. Parents. Yeah, because they're like, just you know, throw in mm-hmm. some. Like, what's what's some? What's the exact measurement? How much? Just so, and, and then they do the thing with their finger where they're showing you how much of their finger you throw in, and you're like, well, I "But don't our know fingers what are different sizes." Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and then, and then you ask her like, because I asked my mom like, "Where'd you learn how to cook?" She's like, "I just figured it out." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> or you're watching them and you ask them like this part, and they just leave it out, and then <laughs> normally, yeah. yeah no. Oh God, I love uh, Asian parents. <laughs> Uh, but congratulations to Domi Shi and Bao <laughs> and to all the nominees. And she will be the first female director to direct a full-length feature at Pixar, which mm, I believe awesome. is already in development. Amazing. So. so we'll see that in 10 years. Five, five. They're pretty good. <laughs> their, their production machine's pretty good. Like five years. Yeah. What's the um, animated short that was also nominated about the little girl going to... Sp- or like One Small Step. One Small Step. That one made really me cry. And oh I think my that's gosh. actually available just to watch on Vimeo. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, this is the year that I couldn't find all of them online streaming somewhere because usually I just pay my one thing so I can watch them all from the comfort of my home. Mm-hmm. And they're all scattered. I don't... Yeah. They, Someone uh, should create a service where you can just watch all the... <laughs> they used to at things. Vimeo, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or Voodoo, one of those. And... Um, Special mention um, on the indie side, the Spirit Awards, our favorite producer, Nina Yang Bon Jovi, uh, won with her team for Sorry to Bother You, along with Boots Riley for Best First Picture. Best First Feature, which amazing. if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a bonkers banana film that is wonderful, super funny. Uh, it's set in like Oakland, Berkeley, which I, I spent a good number of years there. It's a very <laughs> accurate depiction. Steve Yun's in it. Tessa Thompson, Lakeith Stanfield, amazing cast. Uh, Swings for the fences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Army Hammer in his best role yet. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's it, it's not the best movie, but it's definitely the most one of the most original movies I've seen. I saw in the last year. Yeah. Which at this point, I, I like it when things best. try. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. Definitely. Absolutely. And um, it, was, it was a good moment when he was explaining how, like, people were upset that Sorry to Bobby wasn't in any nominee for any Oscars. And he was explaining, well, we didn't campaign for it. And they kind of explained how the system works. I know yep. what Han was talking about, how, like, there's a, a lot of PR and that goes into even getting nominated and getting awards. How you're submitted, all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. An Oscar is really for your publicist. Let's mm-hmm. be real. That's, it's the work of your publicist. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm sure I'm forgetting some people who won awards, so I apologize Darren to Chris. all the. Uh, Darren Chris oh. had an amazing an award season. Yeah, uh, won like every single yeah award f- that he could for episodic miniseries playing Andrew Coonan in American Crime Story Versace. Mm. Um, and he, uh, interesting enough, got to finally play a half white, half Filipino character, which r- accurately reflects his own heritage. So that was really cool. Yeah. Well, what's cool about that series also, all, because of his heritage, they all, we're also able to hire a lot of Filipino actors to play mm-hmm. his family. Yes. John John Briones plays his dad. Carlin James plays his brother. Um, I think Issa Briones plays his sister, and she's actually the real-life daughter of <laughs> John John, which is cute. Um, so, yeah, just I, I love it when you cast, you know, one casting decision or – I mean, in this case, it was the character, but, you know, you can very often see if you have one, you know – person of color and when you eventually expand to their family you get to bring on more actors which is cool yeah and props where props is due black panther had a really great award season it should have won everything (laughs) (laughs) i was bummed that they couldn't do the song 
at right. the Oscars. Yeah. You know? Instead, we got Queen. Mm. Anyway. The new Queen. <laughs> With Adam Lambert. Yes. <laughs> I guess moving on, let's talk about TV. 2019 pilot season is coming up. For those of you who don't know, LA doesn't have seasons, like like mm. temporal seasons, but we do have pilot <laughs> season. Award season. Award yes. seasons. Yes. It's uh, all festival about festival enter- season. All about entertainment, yes. Yes. I know um, this is something that Jess at Cape follows very closely. Yes, it's my life. <laughs> um, so uh, there's been a few pilots that have been ordered. Um, they have not gone to series yet. So the first one is, I believe, Emperors of Malibu, which is set up at CBS. That is Kevin Kwan of Crazy Rich Asians fame's uh, project. Mm-hmm. And it is about a um, a Chinese man who is de- is engaged to a white woman and he is the son of a Chinese billionaire but her and her family don't know how rich his family really is. Ken Jong is attached to play the father. Um so yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like reverse crazy rotation. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> this Chinese billionaire so yeah. there the money's there definitely. So cool. yeah and that's going to be co-show run by Christina Lee. So Asian American showrunner, yeah, awesome. Awesome. search party. What else is coming out? We have the untitled Hannah Simone project. Oh, so Hannah Simone uh, is plays C- played CC on uh, New, Girl. New, New Girl. Girl, and so this is I really like this concept. So she's kind of this uh, millennial who doesn't have her life together, like you know, hustling hard, and then her father, who's going to be Indian American older Indian men, American gentleman, I think her parents basically end up getting a divorce or like the mom ends up leaving. So he moves in with her and they kind of have to figure out their lives together. <laughs> and then she can't hide basically how hot mess her life is anymore from <laughs> But that's him. okay because he is too. Yeah, so yeah. that sounds great. That I sounds- love, you know, it seems like a very friendly, loving, like interracial parent relationship. Mm. I'm glad that Hannah Simone is doing stuff because I was really bummed when her last show didn't get picked her up. Her Greatest American Hero remake? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would have been How awesome would that have been? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the untitled Jessica Gao pilot. Mm-hmm. Jessica right, Gao is the right. Emmy Award winning writer. From Rick and Morty. <laughs> from Rick and Morty. For Pickle Rick. For Pickle Rick, which I... <laughs> I laugh every time I see it. I was like, yes. you know, this the this comes from the demented mind of this Chinese American woman. And I every time I see her, I do call her Emmy Award winning writer, mm-hmm. Jessica Gao. <laughs> like I have to. Um so it's that is set now. up at ABC, I believe. Um it's gone to pilot. They're they're doing casting right now, apparently. Yes, yeah. I believe so. So it'll be interesting. And uh, the I think the premise behind it is a woman ends up who has a crazy family ends up inheriting the family's wealth mm. so she's been trying to get away from them and now she's kind of stuck back in and she's nice fray. to like be their matriarch and take care of them and you know have responsibility again yeah. kind of like reminds a, me of a rest development. development yeah yeah oh nice yeah. except they didn't lose it all they just gave it to the black sheep right of the yeah family. <laughs> yeah interesting so really excited about that um, we're really seeing the i mean a, a sort of direct post Crazy Rich Asians effect happening here, right? I mean, yeah. just at least thematically, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, thematic- I think with the um the families thing, comedies definitely. Um, I want to see other genres broken into. Yeah, we, we will. I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with this, but yeah, I, as long as we get to see yeah. other stuff. But yeah, personally, like I love watching comedy. So if it's all yeah. comedy slate, I'm fine with that. But yes, we should probably like get some like primetime dramas yeah. in we, there. We are and- getting them though. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
um, we'll get into like, like Pen Fifteen, which which is a good Asian American comedy it's, about yeah, yes, about not a rich family. <laughs> yes, that's on yeah. Hulu. Watch it. Maya Erskine is hilarious mm-hmm. in it. It's, it's so good. I can't, I can't even. I can't even. You can't even. Does it remind <laughs> you of thirteen year old Jess? Well, I'm younger than you, Marvin, so I wasn't quite 13 then, but I do. It, it's similar. Similar. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we have uh, Like Magic, which isn't uh, specifically an Asian American theme or family, but it is co-created by Bridget uh, Kyle and Vicky Lou Pollard, oh, who yeah. were a writing team on Superstore. And it's a it the lead is a Korea was cast Korean American woman, uh Ji Young Han. So that is pretty cool. It's about someone trying to a woman trying to infiltrate the world of magic. Mm. Apparently the very broy world of magic. <laughs> Every uh, world is a bro-y every world. world. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently except it's, Jane Austen land. So there are there are bros. I mean I, I think Darcy Austin is bros. the bro of Regency England. That's I think. just what he you that's what he you think at first, but the whole point is that he's not a bro. Yeah. Isn't that the story of every bro story? They're like they're soft at heart, but they have to be a bro in the streets. <laughs> he's kind of yeah, not a bro. <laughs> he's, he's not a bro <laughs> at all. Um, have you guys yeah. ever been to the Magic Castle? Yes, no. I, I somehow I, have landed. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I think it's um. It's definitely like something you should do at least once while, mm-hmm. while you're in Los Angeles. Don't you need like a secret password or no, a friend? You need no magician. It's basically a club for yeah. magicians, right? So you need to know somebody to, to get the invitation. But usually what you can start doing is just asking all your friends on Facebook and usually one of them knows a magician. Right. Because, mm-hmm. because yeah, I've somehow gotten in twice. Okay. It's a very LA yeah. thing well, to you're... ask your Facebook friends if anyone is friends with a magician. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, you're all I my friends get... who have been there before, so you okay. obviously know a magician. I will try to. Yeah, I will try to. Well, I think I was a friend of a friend. Yeah, <laughs> if I get my next time and I get a plus one, I'll call you up. <laughs> right. right and, uh... and then there's one. I, this one's kind of been flying under the radar. Um, it's Mehar Sethi. He is doing a remake of a UK series also called People Just Do Nothing. Um, and it's going to be about a bunch of working class DJs who live in northern Las Vegas. Oh. I don't think the cast is specifically Asian American. It is diverse and full of POCs. But uh, he's going to write and produce, executive produce this show. The coolest part, though, is that his baby's grandma is Meryl Streep. Yes, his baby's his baby's grandma. grandma's so Meryl his mother in law. I don't think they're married. Uh-huh. Look in real life. Are you yes, saying, in oh, real life, so his <laughs> baby's grandma's uh, Meryl Streep. So the mom is Mamie, Mamie Gummer. Gummer? Yes. yes. Okay. So he he his partner is Mamie Gummer, and okay. uh, so yeah, I, that's kind of been flying under the radar. Have, but it's another comedy series. Sounds I, sounds fun. I am not ready for trivia. I have that in my back pocket now. My my sister went to college with Mamie Gummer. Mamie Gummer, or is it the other Meghan one? Meghan Markle. Grace Gummer? Your she sister w- went to school with Meghan Markle. And Meghan Markle. Damn. So is everyone everyone cool in the world just chilling in the and Northwestern, Northwestern yeah. dorms? Greta Lee went to Northwestern too, same, well, around the same yeah. time. My girlfriend went to her high school. So we're all connected to Meghan Markle somehow. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad now. Um, I'm so left out. Okay. Speaking of episodes, I actually want to bring up also something I was saving for later, talk about South by Southwest stuff. But uh, What We Do in the Shadows is coming back as a yeah. TV show, which mm-hmm. is um, produced by... Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, not starring them anymore. No, right? no, they they are not in it. But uh, again, I've seen some of it, and uh, I think it's hilarious. Like Hayden Cito <laughs> is in it, right? You know what? Uh, he hasn't had a big part that I've seen oh, yet. Okay. But no, no. But I mean, 
Yeah. There, there are definitely roles that I think that he probably, yeah. And for those who don't know, uh, what we do in the shadows is the classic Taika Waititi comedy about um, vampires living in the modern world. Yes. And so this one is actually set in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah. It's coming. (laughs) What network is that one on? FX. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Lots of stuff to look forward to. Lots of stuff that Han. Yeah. yeah. And also not even pilots, but like, are we all looking forward to Warrior? Yeah. (laughs) Warrior is coming out April 5th. Have you guys seen... Warrior. I was in Taiwan when you guys went to that. Are we allowed premiere. to talk I'm about going, it? I'm going to another screening on Thursday. Um, oh no, I haven't seen it. Are we allowed to talk I, about I need, it? I, well, I need <laughs> to. I need to get some. Screening. No one discouraged me from talking about it after the first screening we went okay. to back last year. I think they honestly, because it's on Cinemax, they won a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, so, yeah. it's yeah. So this is the the TV show based on the writings of Bruce Lee, right? right. So it's like his dream project. He never got. To so do. it's what it, it's what his family contends was the original idea for what became. Kung Fu, the, oh, the David Carradine show, right? <laughs> um, you know, they, they, their their family, his family maintains that um, that the idea for Kung Fu was his idea, but they, you know, took it. Um, yeah. And if you see this old interview with Bruce Lee, the most famous one, the most famous interview he did, he was uh, he mentions a show called Warrior that mm-hmm. he was working on, and so that's basically what this is. Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing. Just aesthetic is totally like because my favorite Asian film aesthetic is like 1920s Shanghai. And this is like that, but in like San Francisco. Oh, no, it's like right? 1800s yeah. Chinatown, gritty, like yeah. nasty. Like it's, so it's like cowboy times. It's mm-hmm. cowboy times. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just really cool to see Asian American, Asian. I, I would mean, I would even call them Asian Americans at that point. They're like because the, the first Asian Americans. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we get, so, we, uh, we so get often written out ignored or like kind of just the background and just to center like that we were here in that time period we created this there was a whole world that we lived in you know some of it was from external pressures of being like segregated to chinatown but just like there we had we were fully realized people and like here in america since the 1800s it's it's kind of it was really cool it's also so yeah i mean like anything any any narrative you see set in that era it's always about like the white people and Mm -hmm. then like this is definitely them taking the camera moving past Past. them and like hey what about these stories here and this whole other like yeah and they're not just working on railroads they're, the, you know, they're gangsters. They, yeah. It's it's really gritty. It's very Cinemax. It's yeah. Cinemax-y. It's, oh, yeah. so just, just it's being super Cinemax. Yeah, there's a you, lot of gratuitous boo. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of nudity. You can there's watch a lot of Banshee just to yeah. get used to the yeah. bloodshed. And then. Super violent, um, but totally badass. Like mm-hmm. super badass. <laughs> um, it's it's a. Uh, from minute one, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a, a, a <laughs> oh blast. yeah, yeah, yeah." They, they yeah. plant their flag, yeah. pretty hard in like the the, the swagger yeah. mountain, like yeah. very early on. It's it's pretty amazing to see that bold a choice. It's yeah. So, so as the um, as the resident Bruce Lee um, expert, <laughs> does it hit all the buttons? For me, I it's it's definitely like. I don't know if this is the this is what Warrior would have looked like if it had come out in the, in the 70s, but um, it's definitely like in the spirit of Bruce Lee. Like you see the guy who pl- the main character, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's like, yeah, he's channeling that, you know. And it yeah. has you know Shannon Lee, the daughter of Bruce Lee. He's you know she's she you know she's executive producer as as is Justin Lin. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, it's if anything, it's just super entertaining. And like Bruce Lee was, I mean, like we we. Attribute all this like sort of philosophical Taoist, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, he was just like, I want to make a really 
like Dope. entertainment, entertaining, you know, movie, you know, yeah. so he, yeah. he's all about that. Stars a lot of really talented Asian actors yeah. um, who, you know, who. A lot of them your, came from the Marco Polo cast. A lot right? of them. Yeah, they basically <laughs> picked up the Marco yeah. Polo cast. Olivia Chang and Diane Doan uh, from Marco Polo are in mm. this. And it's just great because like, you don't, it's, I mean, it's getting better, but a lot of times you just don't see, uh, it's still hard to find work, right? You see your favorite actor, you're like, they're, they're great on this show. And like, where did they go? Um, Jason Tobin is back. Oh. He's Justin great. Nguyen is in it. Just, um, Hoon <laughs> mm-hmm. Lee. Oh Hoon Lee is fabulous. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he's very underutilized. Hoon yeah. Lee, very famous, bro- very well-known Broadway actor, but like just, just this great smarmy, like, Traitor his, character. His character <laughs> in Banshee is still one of the most interesting Asian characters, like on TV of all time. Actually, oh, I definitely need some. I need something to replace the in the balance hole in my heart that's going to end. Mm. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I just got in that show and they're ending it. I'm very yeah. sad. Yeah, and just to p- and pivot, there's also Wu Assassins coming out sometime later this year on Netflix. That's mm. another Asian American. That's another. That's someone with Louis Tan and Tai Ma, right? Um, Louis yeah. Tai, um, Byron Man. Mm. Um, so yeah, that should be oh, exciting. Uh, so it's so all the people from uh, from what's that Netflix show uh, with the body switching. Alter carbon. Alter carbon. Yeah. Just take it and you move it. It's also got that the guy from the raid in it too. So yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff coming out this year to look out for. Yeah. So I'm right excited. now, so right now, what I'm seeing is trends is like sort of crazy rich Asians esque <laughs> family stories, and then like really badass like martial arts stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, so this is actually being shot right now. This is the second se- season of The Terror. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so the showrunner on that is Alexander Wu. And um, George Takei is actually not only in it, but he's consulting on it because it is set in, during the uh, for the Japanese internment. And um, but it's also told through the lens of Japanese horror tropes mm. and style. So it's it's right now being shot in Vancouver, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they definitely have a. There's going to be a lot of subtitles. So I'm excited. Yeah, no that that made a lot of news. I, Japanese horror tropes is like. Eighty uh, percent nope, usually for me. Yes. But I might <laughs> just watch it just to because I still haven't seen Haunting of Hill House because horror is I'm especially a, ghost horror. Yeah. Like a, a I'm big, a huge chicken, nope but me. I will watch this. I'll and, watch it. Yeah, support, and I've made right? myself yeah, watch yeah. a lot of things that like mm. end up being amazing. So yeah, there's also HBO uh, the HBO show about like Asian, Asian horror. folk horror yeah. folklore yeah. that like I'm super intrigued, but also a big like. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a, like low on the priority list for me. I was like, oh, like to, I, yeah. I want to sleep. I want to be able to sleep. Yeah, but there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, there's still a lot of things we haven't heard about that have been in development. Like we've been talking about Greta Lee, um, yeah, who has K-Town. a K-Town comedy. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And, you know, HBO's premium cable, so they play by their own rules of <laughs> they don't follow the regular They don't have, have a pilot. Yeah, they do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this kind of overlapping Sundance territory but Delhi Crime Story yeah. by Richie Mehta is premiering on Netflix uh, March 22nd which is this is crazy we saw him speak at Sundance it's a really intense drama anthology miniseries mm. it's basically about the rape that took place in Delhi or on the bus where the woman did eventually end up passing away but started a movement of like this um, you know like th- these protests and these riots because yeah, like it was that brutal. Um, but it's kind of amazing. He went and he just made it. Like he made it independently and then made the whole series and then Netflix just bought it. And then they bought wow. a second season. Wait, it's a it's a 
Is it narrative? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's narrative based off a real incident oh, that it. happened. So it's kind of like a true crime, but through, but mm. still narrative. Mm. Uh, kind of like the um, the American true crime story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's intense. He's talking about it, and it took him like two or three years to make this. He was kind of living in this like kind of horrendous. Story. I mean, that story is it's bad horrible. yeah yeah like so so this woman was basically gang raped on the bus um and it was i'm not gonna get in detail graphic detail but it, it was probably as bad as you think it could get um and he basically lived in that case file for two he knew someone on the force was got connected to his mom like introduced them <laughs> got connected to them and then he spent time with the lead investigator on that case and in India, all sexual assault cases have to be led by a woman, a female officer. Mm. And so just, yeah, living that for three years. And we're like, you okay, bro? He's like, I have nightmares. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah, but so watch it and, you know, support the work he did. That's going to be one of those shows where it's like, I should watch this. I need to get myself ready to watch it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, do you spread it out or do you binge watch and like get the emotional roller coaster out in one day? I don't know if something can binge. It's like, it's like, um... Handmaid's Hill, like I can't binge that show. Yeah, it really depends. But yeah. sometimes I have to watch it during the day, so that way I can yeah. do other th- stuff after. Right. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't want to be the thing that's on your mind as you go to sleep. Well, same with horror. Like yeah. I will watch yeah. it on a Friday afternoon, yeah. and so in case I don't sleep, then I have I can sleep in the next day. <laughs> I have to plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but where we're seeing, I guess, more diversity in Asian American storytelling, um, a lot of great stuff coming out of Sundance. Um, oh yeah, Jess and I were just there, and a lot of like. Was it like the first four acquisitions were all like Desi women, right? Yeah, South Asian directors or um, yeah, that was amazing. I think they set a few records too. Yeah, so a uh, late night um by directed by Nisha Ganatra, written by Minnie Kaling, got acquired by Amazon Studios for thirteen million dollars. It's releasing theatrically in June or July, I think. I think it's June, June seventh. Yeah, and that movie was it was the the crowd pleaser of of the festival for us for sure. Very smartly written. Uh, it takes place in this fantasy land where in 2000, I guess, 19, there has been a female late night talk show host that has been in her position for like decades. 20 years. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and about how she reconciles with, you know, the, um, I guess, Me Too stuff. Me Too movement yeah. diverse. She, cause she's kind of guilty. She's like, oh, she's played by Emma Thompson, who in real life is, a, we know is amazing. <laughs> um, but she, she's kind of like also blind and, privileged and you know is guilty of many of the same things many uh you know these white men in power have been doing and how do you reconcile that so she hires mindy kaling as her diversity hire um um, and it's about the world of late night writing which i'm really excited about because i don't think most people understand the how the sausage gets made in yeah. terms of TV <laughs> making and how uh, another very broy industry super, yeah, boy it's super broy yeah. um, and I think sometimes it's easy to point at like you didn't cast this writer like you know to point at the symptoms and like be upset about it and I think the more we can educate just people even out you know outside the industry about the whole process of like you know these problems start years before in some boardroom with some decision maker who makes a call that like we're gonna pick this person over this person and that kind of snowballs yeah what really makes it work though is it's the story is basically a rom-com but with your boss <laughs> and it's it's great it's great if you love rom-coms you'll love it okay um Blinded by a Light by Garina Chada, the director of Ben and Light Beckham, uh-huh. is coming out. And this is um, she's about a Pakistani boy who lives in Margaret Thatcher, England in the 80s, who discovers Bruce Springsteen and changes his life. 
It's very cute. It's a very sweet movie. I loved it. I never liked Bruce Springsteen that much before, but he's been on my most played Spotify <laughs> since that movie. So yeah, and apparently Bruce Springsteen let her use his songs like oh yeah for sixteen free. Bruce Springsteen well, songs. Go. Well, there you go. You got a movie right there. Yeah. That's yeah. and it's probably going to sell like a bajillion copies of Bruce Springsteen albums after that. Yeah, but I think it's it's. I mean, it's in the like eighties, nineties, um, and he's this. Pakistani British boy but it's just like this I think it's a very universal coming of age story especially like the music you find when you are a teenager kind mm-hmm. of sticks with you forever mm-hmm. and it gets you like I think I think we can all name at least one artist who like has helped us form our own identity to this day that you discovered when you were like 13 to 15 yeah. right yeah and his best friends played by uh, one of the uh, Game of Thrones princes the, the Tommen, Tommen is, yeah, his best Joffrey? friend. Joffrey, no. <laughs> I think he quit, right? Didn't he quit? Joffrey's like gonna go save the world. He's like a lawyer now. He's like in yeah. Oxford studying law or something. Yeah. Um. On the big biggest um, news is um the farewell by Lulu Wang on part of a two four for six million dollars. It's um starring Aquafina as Taima. Very very Chinese story about um the things we do and don't tell each other. Um, yeah, I heard the uh, the This American Life yeah uh, segment that it's based on, and you know, it's like <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a great movie. <laughs> yeah, um, and she has a great story like about how like no one wanted to make it before that the This American Life story, and afterwards, people wanted to make it but wanted to change it. Uh huh. But she finally found the the part- right partners to make it a reality, and now it's uh, it's. It's, it's, uh, com- it's going to get released in theaters. I think July twelfth. Yeah. I want this to be a hot summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Asian always, <laughs> all year, Asian all year. And uh, rounding it out, um, Hala by Minhao Bag um, got acquired by Apple. It's a indie story about a Muslim, um, also Pakistani, right, mm-hmm. um, teen who um, skateboards, the poet, and about her like coming of age as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's played by Geraldine. This one, Thun. Thank you. Who is amazing in Miracle Workers right now? Yes. Oh, so good. Oh. She's, she's the one in Blockers, blockers right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's hilarious, so <laughs> and she's Australian. You would never know. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> thanks, Australia. Yeah. We'll take her. <laughs> and um, I guess to watch out for your uh, for news is Miss Purple, Justin Chan's second film. Um, I don't think there's any news on any like deals yet, but it'll probably be going around the the film festival circuit for for a little bit. So. Um, also another it's him taking on new subjects and like trying new things which is which is always great and awesome to see also that score will live with you forever <laughs> really <laughs> it's a, yeah you will know it when you watch it. okay yeah <laughs> um and i guess really quickly i want to go over some because south by southwest is starting this weekend yeah. oh my goodness. or it's already started right oh i don't know i don't <laughs> uh yeah this week yeah we a couple a couple movies to watch out for. Uh, there's Go Back to China, uh, directed by Emily Ting, starring Anna Kana, which I guess this is another one of those crazy rich Asians inspired or like themed stories where I guess the story is a wealthy, I guess, debutante played by Anna Kana in the States, I guess, loses her money and gets um gets brought back to China to work in a factory by her father. <laughs> That's so. weird cuz they shot this I know they shot this like way before uh Crazy Rich Asians came out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. Um there's Curse of La Yorona um produced by James Wan's company which is about um the um 
it's like a Mexican folklore. Yeah, I guess. the the lady yeah. La Llorona, who like she's the wailing lady, the or weeping. Something? Yeah, lady. I mean, yeah. James Wan loved Aquaman. I, don't, I haven't watched any of his other movies. I kind oh, of watched all the horror movies. He did Saw. I'm like, I, I did watch I, Saw. I support you, James Wan, but I'm not going to watch all seven, eight. There's ten Saw films. I feel like there's like ten. He only Saw made films. one of them though. Yeah, he, yeah. He, and they made all the Conjuring's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is still, still worse, that's gonna be opinion. a no for me, yeah. bro. I support you in theory. <laughs> yes. Um, what I'm really excited to learn about is called Stuber. I think it's still work like name work in progress, but it's basically a buddy cop movie between Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. Uh huh. Mm. And it's uh, I guess Kumail Nanjiani plays an Uber driver who picks up a hardboard cop played by Dave Bautista on the trail of a killer. So is this a hey. comedy or a drama? I think it's like an action comedy. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, yes. Two Asian Sign American leads. Up. That's yeah. that's awesome. Sign me up. <laughs> um, there's Come As You Are, uh, directed by Richard Wong, um, featuring Hayden Seto and C.S. Lee. I guess plays his dad uh, about a group of disabled kids who go off to i think lose their virginity or something <laughs> i can support trip. that yeah. i can support that it's great to see a lot more films by or about asian americans in yeah. these major film festivals i feel like we've seen yeah. a lot more just a lot more diversity lately even in the oscars like sp- speaking of, like people being nominated people being being honored um i can get used to this this world yeah. you know Something else yeah. is coming soon. I, we don't have a date for it yet, though. On Netflix is uh, Always Be My Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yes. in, uh, in Ali, <laughs> Ali Wong, Randall Park, and but also, yeah. also directed by Nanachka Khan, who yeah. just rushed off the boat. Written by, written by Michael written Galanko. Galanko. Yeah. With, like, the most awesome cast. It's crazy. Yeah. DDK yeah. and, like, who else? Um, Charlene uh, Yee. Keanu Reeves. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. How did I forget Keanu Reeves? It's like, yeah. yes, come. Come join the Asians. We want... Come. We accept I I'm, I need this now. I'm convinced Keanu Reeves is the purest person ever. If a documentary ever comes out to say he's a terrible person, I would be personally, like, devastated. Oh, he, oh, like his, like, secret foundation that funds children's hospitals and <laughs> cancer research? Yeah. Yeah. There's also like, I just thought of like two more things coming out that yeah. I was like, there's just so much. It's great. Um, CBS All Access, um, tw- new Twilight Zone, Jordan oh, Peele's yes. Twilight Zone. That So it's an anthology, so every episode is separate, but Steve Young's in one, Kumail Nanjiani's in one, John Cho's starring yes. in one. And then CBS is also working on a spinoff of Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. with... Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh as the title character, as the head char- principal character, which will be, the- and the pilot is going to be written by two Asian American women who oh, were man. writers in my program and our <laughs> Kate program. So whoo, shout out to Boyan Bowie Kim and, and Erica, Erica Lippold. Lippold. Mm. and they're fabulous. They've been writing on All Access, um, C- or Discovery, Discovery. Yeah. CB- uh, Star Trek Discovery, and they've been they're short. They're like their Star Trek short with a that focused on Doug like mm-hmm. did very well so they're extremely it's the talented. best one <laughs> it is the best one is they're the best very one. talented yeah. uh, so super excited about that yeah so she I don't want to get into Star Trek she, she plays not Let's the get original into it. Come on. but she's like the, the alternate version of one that comes and spoiler just, alert it's it, very yes. it's very complicated yeah it doesn't it's matter she's just badass <laughs> she's just badass so she's so much more interesting actually you know in that way yeah um, Erica put also an interesting story because she started out as a STEM person, right? Erica has her PhD in neuroscience, and then was like, "I'm gonna go right." <laughs> yeah, but it's a sci-fi yeah. show, so that yeah, works. it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> um, and I guess personal plug: the Expanse season four is coming out this year yes. on, on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon. They haven't actually announced a premiere date, but it has to be this year, right? Yeah. 
but yeah, um, after being saved from being canceled by sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. Which um, is amazing. If you haven't watched The Expanse yet, definitely watch it. If you enjoy I'm doing a sci-fi, rewatch. It's, it's one of the most um, like diverse sci-fi shows I've ever seen also. And it's, it, it's cool. Everyone should watch it. We should, we should do an episode just talking yeah. about it for sure. We'll catch up. Like maybe closer to <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. I Sounds think good. good. Um, and I'm sure we've missed a couple things. There's so much coming out that we Woo! just, it's, it's great. It's a good feeling, um, to have all these shows and movies to look forward to. Uh, I want to thank my panel for helping us go through some of it, unpack some of it and talk about what we're excited about. Before we go, Phil, you are in the middle of your annual, um, campaign. Yeah. Uh, it's the annual stay angry subscriber drive, mm-hmm. um, in which I ask for reader support. I've been running the blog for like for 18 years now. Um, it's just just crazy. A, it's legal, it. Phil. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's leaving the nest. It can yeah. buy cigarettes. It's, uh, yeah, it's a legal adult. So, so a couple years back, I started the the subscriber drive and um, just to get people to support it. And um, if you donate, um, you can get a uh, a limited edition T shirt uh, every year. There's a, the design changes, and so this year's is by an artist named. Jeremy Arambulo, and uh, it's, I think it's a pretty badass design. Um, but uh, yeah, check it out uh, at angryasianman.com. And uh, it's what helps. It, like, the, the blog is my full-time gig, and this is kind of what helps sort of sustain it. And, yeah. you know, along with everything I do, it's sort of, you know, I got to pay the bills. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's, been, it's a bit, been a huge part of, I guess, all of ours, you know, Upbringing is an Asian American. My awakening. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> the we all anger. Love you, Phil. This all came from you. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> you created so many monsters. <laughs> Just kidding. Right on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Um, AngryAsianMen.com. Um, give what you can. Um, Han, do you have anything to plug or anything? Oh gosh, you know. Um, besides th- something that's leading into what you're doing, which is I'm going to be a moder- moderator at Empower. Oh yeah. <laughs> We can talk about that. The Collaboration Power Leadership Conference is coming up on March 23rd and 24th. Registrations are open now um, for our listeners um, who want to come check out our amazing lineup of featured speakers, including panels, workshops. Um, Han's going to be moderating our writer's panel, screenwriter's panel, which uh, has right now a bunch of really great speakers confirmed. We have Brian Shin, who is the writer on The, the Good, Good Doctor. Doctor. Also one of our writers. <laughs> yes. We have Kai Wu, who wrote for The Flash, but also is currently the head writer and... Showrunner. Show, yeah, showrunner show of Ghost Bride. The Ghost Bride on Netflix, which is based on a really great book that we read for my book club. Um, and we also have um, Tanya Lotia. Also a cape writer. <laughs> Who's on the in the writing room of another James Wan project, Swamp Thing, which is also going to be on... Um, is it DC, DC Universe? DC Universe, yeah. yeah. So, wow. Uh, yeah. That and more. Jess and uh, Michelle from Cape are also running a workshop. Yes. On um, pitching, pitch perfect, crafting your personal story. So if you've ever been asked that dreaded question, tell me about yourself. And you're like, oh, basically, <laughs> we, te- we, we kind of give you the tools to how to craft that story and it'll get how to get you in the room and land that job. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. if all that sounds exciting, uh, please come check it out. You can go to empower.collaboration.org to learn more. And if you feel like registering, use the promo code collabcast um, to get a uh, special discount just for our listeners. So come check it out. Um, super excited about that. Um, just anything else you want to plug? 
Uh, we are having our Cape New Writers Fellowship. So when you say that's one of our writers, we run a program for new and emerging AAPI writers. And we'll be having our graduation for that this year's class, April 30th. Um, you can go to our website, capeusa.org, for more information or follow us on social media. Um, we're at Facebook at Cape. So, What does the uh, graduation entail? It's, it's really just to come meet up come meet the class celebrate that class but if you're interested in ever applying i would really recommend you come out meet the writers meet the team that runs the runs it get you know ask us questions Um, even if you're just thinking about being you know transitioning into writing full-time we have a lot of yeah most of our writers are most of our tv and film writers are actually this is their second or third job like we talk about erica who is Mm. Was got her PhD in neuroscience. We've had ER doctors, lawyers, lots of lawyers. Uh, trans like they actually transitioned from doing that to writing full time. Han has a great idea. That's Jane Austen in space. Jane Austen in space, yes, or Jane Austen <laughs> with dogs. That would yeah, sell. We'll do that both. Would sell. We'll just name them different things. They won't be any wiser, you know. <laughs> just have uh, Jane Austen every network. Um, speaking of social media, uh, where can everyone find follow you and your thoughts? Uh, you can follow Cape at Cape underscore USA on Instagram, at Cape USA on Twitter. I know we're trying to figure that out. It's very hard to get the same handle when someone else has it. Um, but yeah, follow us for the most up-to-date announcements and news and events. And we give away free stuff sometimes. So, Phil? Uh, you can find me at Angry Asian Man on most uh, social media platforms. And then you can find me uh, at AngryAsianMan.com. <laughs> And Han? Uh, I am at Hanonymous on Twitter. So H-A-N-H-O-N-Y-O-M-O-U-S. Uh, that's also on Instagram. Um, I don't uh, have not been posting there that much anymore. But yes, so Hanonymous, like Anonymous, but Han. And also follow her writing on IndieWire.com. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a writer, uh, reporter, and journalist critic. Awesome. Special thanks to Go for use of his song Stars in My Eyes for this month's intro and outro song. Uh, Go is an amazing rapper uh, based out of Seattle who will be releasing some new music in 2019. So we're all super excited for that. Uh, thanks also to Visual Communications. Uh, this podcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studios located within the offices of Visual Communications in downtown L.A., Learn more about visual communications and their upcoming Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by going to the website vcmedia.org. Well, thank you all for joining us. And that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Stick to my roots, family, love them Break any modes that they trap me with Cause I'm not impressed with your flashiness Hey, I'm Bill Yu And you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, We've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.